Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. This time we have a roundtable. She serves, she matters with She Voices, coalition partner, sister, soldier. May is Mental Health Awareness and Military Caregiver Month. Today is Saturday, May 14, 2022. You just heard our, 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 co- our host earlier today, Cliff Kelly, and I'm, I'm the co-host, Sean Claiborne. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. We have our partner on the line today, Ms. Wanda Petty. She is a U.S. Army veteran, president and CEO of SheVet Inspire, and she is also known as Sister Soldier. How are you doing? Hey there. I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Now, we've been talking a lot about mental health today and also some other topics we've talked about today, but it all seems to come back to health and well-being. So you want to talk about some ways to develop good mental health. Now, tell us, first of all, tell us to me, Sister Soldier, in your life, when did you start focusing on mental health? Oh, <laughs> well, first, it's, usually it starts with self. So um, there was a period in my life where I needed to focus on my well-being, you know, and it took a lot. It took everything that I had. I, I had to really focus on energy of prayer and um, just finding ways to be able to take care of myself in the midst of the turbulence that I was experiencing. So I would say that that's more likely happened to me in the early 90s when I had to really dig in and learn how to do that. And then so what so what does mental health mean to you? Well, it could mean the difference between sanity and not being you know, having sanity or or life or death, you know, it's, it's really important because there were times that I didn't know how I was going to handle a certain situation. And I had to step back and really look in depth on what was happening, seek counseling. You know, I, I had to our community, I'm going to say the black community, we are not um, always or wanting to know or used to, uh, you know, hearing, go and get your talk to someone for counseling, seeking outside help. And so that at that time, it was a taboo to get any type of help from a counselor. And so I had to be willing to go against that grain and think more about taking care of myself so that I could be available to take care of my kids. Is there like a rock bottom element to it where like you feel like you just get to the point where you just can't keep doing what you're doing? You can't keep keep doing the same old, same old? You're getting like sick and tired of being sick yeah. and tired, as they say? Yeah, yeah. Um, that that usually happens when we're burnt out from trying to please others, you know, um, when we can't please someone else or is uh, working overtime, not enough sleep, or not facing reality, hmm. facing the things that may be happening that we are hoping that they're they're not going in a certain direction. We have no plans. 
or if things turn in a direction that we was hoping that it wouldn't. And oftentimes that causes stress. Mm -hmm. And so in those type of moments, a person can find themselves in a corner, quote unquote, and wondering what next, especially if there's not someone that they could trust that is close by, that they feel they can confide in, or a good friend or family member to help them get out of the situation. And we normally need someone that is not in the boat with us, quote unquote, that can see things from a different perspective, a more clear perspective to give us the insight we need in order to maneuver out of it. So what did you learn when you got went through that journey to try to you know get help for yourself and also to kind of focus on that mental health aspect? What did you learn in the process? So I, I learned the most valuable thing was is that I, I'm, for one, I'm responsible for my life. I'm responsible for my health. And if I have plans and then that I intend to achieve in the future or wanted to be here, you know, for longevity to raise my kids, I think that was the thing that really kept me grounded was that I didn't want to leave them in a state of mind that, well, what happened to mama, you know? Mm -hmm. So keeping that in my foresight, I had to consider how am I going to get myself out of this and I what was important to me. So I had to think about um, what could I do and and realize that I didn't have to be in that situation, that there were people that have experienced that before myself and how did they get out of it. So I started researching. I started reading books. I started journaling. I started taking time to myself to spend time alone, uh, to get quality time for myself, to to hear from God, reading my Bible, praying. I was doing it all. You know, so it's work. It's definitely work, but it can be done because most people who are who have experienced that they they put work in, and that's why they're still here. Hmm. And I think that's really important what you just said—the work, because it's so easy. People don't realize. Uh, Wiseman once said, "It's so easy to die. All you got to do is just stop. That's all you got to do is just stop. But to live takes yeah. work. It takes effort." Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. So what is your process for keeping your mind right? So my my process um, is a daily activity. It's a daily practice, and that is just sitting still. First, I read my word. You know, I read something of inspiration that is going to fill my cup, that is going to actually contradict the negative thoughts that I may have from the environment or the news or whatever, looking towards gratitude. And then I sit quietly and I meditate on that, what I read, which is in most cases it may be my Bible or a or a, a book that is inspirationally written. Mm-hmm. And I'll sit for maybe 15 minutes and just sit quietly and allow my mind to just be silent so that I could get my thoughts. It causes me to be more aware. And um, then I take that extra time. And when I'm working and I notice that I may not have taken a break because it's easy when you work from home to be in that in that uh, closed environment where you're in the office of, you know, your room by yourself or you have no one to really talk to. Um, 
children, you know, moving them out of the way or whatever. But being in that space of constantly working, I have to time myself and, and remind myself to eat. I have to remind myself to drink water. I have to remind myself to get up and go and walk outside the beach for a minute. You know, um, I'm really grateful for that because I'm like 15 minutes away. So I can take the time to go and get that cool breeze on my face and really think and have that serene moment, you know. Mm -hmm. So I take a lot of time to uh, reflect and to um, allow myself to process what's happening with me. Before I get my next question, though, maybe you made me think of something that I always mentioned. You talked about the beach and walking on the beach. How important is the environment? Then, what do you say to those people that they're maybe in an environment where they may not realize that might be the problem? Yeah, yeah. So, for someone who is in an environment, or it's all type of environments. You could be in a hostile environment, just being around other people. You know, the, the, the bodily language, the comments that they make, the mental abuse and things of that nature, and all of that begins to wear and tear on the mind, and eventually it's going to hit the body because once we get it in our mind, it, it's our subconscious that starts to hold on to that, and then it responds to it. So that means there's a point that it gets overwhelmed with the negative environment and then it wants to shut down so we have to be able to recognize when we no longer want to eat we no longer want to get out of bed but want to communicate with people and check the environment if we're around people who are constantly saying negative words and going against the grain we know the sky is blue the sun is shining and they're saying no it's dark and, and muggy then that's an opposition, a contrast of what we actually are seeing. And even if we don't see it, it may be in our heart that we feel like the sun is shining. Mm -hmm. There were days that I would feel because it was raining, it would take me back to the experiences that I had as as an individual um, um, survivor of domestic violence. And I was, it would immediately take me back there, and my husband shared with me one day, he said, carry your sunshine on the inside of you. Mm. And when he said that, something shifted to whereas it no longer has to be sunny outside for me to know that the sun is on the inside of me and that I can get through that moment, that that was a, that was a thing of the past. You know, um, and now I'm in a new, a healthy relationship and a beautiful marriage and the days are sunny and it's a positive environment. So I have to remind myself that that was then and this is now. So the environment does matter. It really does. And then you touch on, like when you talk about this, you talk about the physical versus the mental. Like how do you think it starts in the mind first and then it and then it and then it triggers into the physical or does it start in the physical first and then that transforms the mind or is it back and forth? I think it 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 starts in the mind first. Um because unless we've been physically injured, okay? Um but it starts in the mind. We even have the power within our mind to transform the way we feel internally by our thoughts. 
So our thoughts are very, very powerful, you know, and it's the words that we say, the words that we hear, we are calling things that be not as though they were. So when we speak, we have to be careful of the words that we speak about our our body. I remember my mother had a stroke, and when she would speak about it, she would always say, my stroke. I said, that's not your stroke. You had an, you had an experience. Hmm. So you can't just continue to claim the stroke and all of its infirmities. You have to change the way we talk and the way we think, and then everything else will shift around it because we form not only our future, but we form things in our mind based upon the words that we speak and the things that we think. So Mm -hmm. the subconscious mind is constantly working. If we're putting things out there and thinking certain thoughts, it doesn't know the difference. So it's going to gravitate to the things that are negative, which will automatically sometimes make you feel or make a person feel like they are feeling that way. Mm-hmm. So when I'm, when I make, may um, say something sometimes, there has been times that I've said it. I didn't feel like that until I opened my mouth and said it. Mm-hmm. And then immediately I started feeling sleepy, whatever it was. I'm, I, you know, I may have said, I'm not sleepy or something of that nature. I was saying about my behavior. And the next thing I knew it would happen because I'm, I've already set the tone for it. Well, a lot of doctors on our show has kind of mentioned the same thing. They talked about it in a different way. They're saying how oftentimes your body and even your mind to a degree, controlling your mind and controlling your body, telling yourself things that aren't necessarily what you want to tell yourself, but because your body can't tell the difference. Part of even when you have PTSD, your body is stuck in that kind of moment. Yeah. Of the trauma. Yeah. So your your body's reacting as if you're there, at the, all back there again. But in reality, you're not even there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, those are the times that we have to put practices in place. So when we know that there's that subconscious mind that keeps wanting to take us to an area that we are not actually in, or an experience that we are not currently experiencing. We have to have things in place to perhaps breathe and remind ourselves, like, okay, what's happening around me right now? Who am I literally talking to? Am I talking to that person that it, that made me feel that way 10 years ago, or is this someone differently? Mm-hmm. And did they say something that triggered me? And if so, how can I stop being triggered by that that conversation? And journaling with it will allow the emotion. So a lot of times we we can't distinguish the difference between a thought and an emotion. Mm -hmm. And the emotions are something that we feel in our body, but our thought is what we are um, trained in our mind with. So if we can distinguish the difference between the two, then now we can kind of like when we feel an emotion, we can, decide that okay that's just some that's that's a, a a artificial feeling that I don't need to quote unquote jump on the train and ride it out. I can make a choice. I can decide. I can decide or whether or not um I, I had to do this the other day. I was feeling kind of this kind of like a, a blue feeling came over me for no reason. And I and I had to back like why am I feeling like that? 
Then when I started thinking about it, I thought about what took place in that day. Then I was able to pinpoint what it was. Once I was able to pinpoint it, then I had to come to the reality that it wasn't what I thought it was, that that was an old conversation coming up that was making me feel that way. And I just started breathing. Mm. I took several deep breaths and allowed that emotion to go through my body, and then I was okay. Wow. Now, did you feel, um, do you feel in your life when you actually started getting more control of your, of your mental health and also your physical health, that that is when you started helping others through She Vet, She Voices, and, and things like that? Yes. There was no other way I could do it um, outside of that. Um, you know, I had the deepest desire to help people as much as I could, and I did, but it wasn't to the capacity that I am now. And I realized in the process that I had to take care of me first. So there was a point a, a point of time where I had to step back and start really thinking about what am I doing? How am I taking care of myself before I go and take care of others? You know. Mm-hmm. And so um, doing that now, I'm, I'm 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 I have a solid foundation. I have practices in place that. I know that in in perimeters, boundaries, that's a biggie right there. We have to put uh, boundaries around ourselves in order to protect our own mental health, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that you touched on and mentioned it earlier, but I want to go back to that topic of the process. Because the thing is, is that if you don't have a process in place, it's very difficult to to accomplish anything. I mean, the military teaches you a process. There's a process to how you yeah. clean your weapons. There's a process to how you, you we used to shine our boots. There's a process to how you stand in the child line. There's a process how you do everything. So if you don't have the processes in place, you have to find that process that can help you stay on top of everything. It's not always sometimes we want to look towards a product or look towards a thing or some kind of event to try to make it better or someone to come through the doors, a, a white knight in shining armor or whatever, or a princess to you know come from the sky. No, it's usually some kind of process you got to develop your behaviors and your actions in that process that's going to help you get to where you want to be. Yes, yes, most definitely. And that's when we have to know ourselves. We also have to know ourselves. But having some practices in place that um, we start to implement to be able to change those thoughts that we are feeling, the emotions that are following behind it, and if those things don't work, then we, we definitely need to seek counsel. We need to find a counselor or a coach um, to be able to walk us through that so that we can have it identified and have someone else show us something that we are, we are not familiar with that can help us uh, get out of the rut that we may find ourselves in. It is definitely a process, and I suggest that uh, people put – I had to put, um, you know, decide what practices work for me. So exercising, Mm -hmm. I had to start exercising. And I realized that if I don't exercise, my body starts to feel a certain way. I don't have the the same adrenaline that flows throughout the day, energy. I had to start eating foods with omega-3s that gave me healthy fats. And so then that my brain would operate at its peak and drink a lot of water. We we ignore water these days, yep. you know? Yeah, you so practices in, in place, simple things that we know to do but we don't do, and things that are not costly, that it just takes the effort to do them. 
that um, we can put in place and start noticing the difference in our behavior, in our thought process, and reading books. I cannot stress that enough, that if we read self-help books that um, of someone who has gone through a certain situation that pull them out of it, that a lot of times seeing it from someone else's point of view can help. Sister Soldier, we appreciate your time and all the things you're doing for the community and all the things you're doing for veterans and also the type of work you're doing, bringing people, entrepreneurs up, new entrepreneurs in the media field. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you very much, Sean. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.